erotic nonsense. Want that? They want that. I need that. They really need that. Just give me that. Please give them that. Erotic nonsense. This is erotic nonsense. Welcome to Erotic Nonsense, the podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay. I mean, read. <laughs> we'll explore it all. Classic bodice ripping historical romance, provocative political thrillers, sexy sci-fi, and everything in between. Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers. We'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is. We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin. <laughs> Wade's world. <laughs> um, all right. Hello. Hi. Um, how are you doing, Kendra? I am tired, but good. It's been a it's been a hectic week. Oh um, yeah. But I'm really excited to be drinking this cocktail and, mm-hmm. and talking to you. I actually haven't had that tiring of a week, <laughs> but I did something that I don't normally do and walked three miles to the farmers market today. What? <laughs> so I'm like round trip. I'm tired because or... I'm pathetic. Round trip, three miles, not <laughs> okay, even that's, long. I mean, that's, still, um, that's but still... uh, it was in the like heat of the day because oh, that's in the yeah. farmers market. It's like starts at three. Yeah, and um, it's funny. I've been like watching, uh, well. I'm always watching lots of TikToks, but <laughs> I like stumbled upon, uh, apparently there is like woke city planning TikTok. That's <laughs> where like people talk about like why some streets are good and why some oh. streets are not designed well and how like the best streets are in affluent neighborhoods. And of course the like shitty streets are in non-affluent neighborhoods. Um, anyway, so I was like thinking about that the whole time I was walking to and from the farmer's market, which like. We have love. Portland is like a beautiful example of some kinds of city planning, <laughs> not all. <laughs> um, but like, you know, we have like shady streets and yeah. like separated sidewalks, I guess they're called, where there's like here, space yeah. between the sidewalk and the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but like every time I was on a, a block with no trees, I was like literally dying in the heat. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Like I'd never really thought about how big of a difference it makes. Yeah. Um, versus That's, like walking on there a shady was, street. Yeah, there was just a story actually on OPB the other day about how they, uh, we had that like heat wave. Yep. And they were talking about how like neighborhoods with, uh, that were like planned to have like, it's like sustainable, you know, yes. trees and everything like actually yeah. like do work to keep it cool. Yep, yes. Okay. I mean, so, it can seriously, apparently it can make like 40 degrees of difference. Yeah. I think they like went out with. And I don't remember the like exact numbers because I'm terrible at remembering numbers, but they went out with this like very um, sensitive um, thermometer and like measured in different areas and then like did an assessment of like how much shade. And yeah, it was like a major difference. So wild. Yeah. Um, I actually, now we're getting like way off on a tangent, but I just (laughs) finished listening to um, a book on climate change called The Future We Choose. Have you Mm, heard of mm -mm. it? Okay, it's like really short, like almost borderline, like a long essay. It was like four hours on Audible and it was super impactful for me. There's a lot of like, because it's easy to feel helpless about like what you as an individual can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like having that in my brain along with this like city planning issue. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can feel the gears turning about like why things you don't think about are so freaking important. Anyway, um, highly recommend that book, by the way. Really good Audible uh, reading of it um and yeah and it's quick and easy and terrifying but also hopeful so that was my afternoon I like a mere three miles in my Birkenstocks gave me like a raging Ooh, blister on yeah. the bottom of my foot um so I was like mm, I can like all afternoon. smell the Birkenstock <laughs> from you know like yeah. that like specific sweaty Birkenstock smell oh yeah yeah after a, a little like hour-long <laughs> walk in uh 85 degree weather which isn't mm. even that hot but yeah it smells um, like summer but it was lovely. I've been having like kind of a nice chill week this week. So. Oh, that sounds nice. That'll be me next week. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I'm going first tonight. Yes. 
Um, and I read Written in the Stars by Alexandria Bell Fleur. Mm. Um, don't know if that's her real name. Definitely doesn't sound like a real name. <laughs> mm, it's um, an excellent name. Though. It is an excellent name. Uh, and so Written in the Stars is, oh, I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, so Written in the Stars is a like sapphic sort of retelling of Pride and Prejudice. And mm. We'll get into that a little bit. It's really just like alludes to Pride and Prejudice a bit. But um, we have one of the leads is named Darcy. And oh, okay. she, yeah, you know, so I actually did some digging to see if I could find what is Fitzwilliam Darcy's birthday? Because I was very curious about what his zodiac sign is. And we'll oh. get into it for the book. But um I couldn't find it. It looks like no, you know, there's no. It was never mentioned in the it's book, not and in the there's, book, it doesn't yeah. exist. But and I think birthdays existed. And- <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but Darcy in Written in the Stars is a Capricorn. So I decided to choose a drink based on that. So you'll see the zodiac is very important to this book, and oh, um, so the name of our drink is Big Capricorn Energy. Oh, love um, it. And it is, what I wanted to do is like, Darcy is a classic, right? Mr. Darcy is like the proto love interest, like the mm-hmm. original. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to do a twist on a classic drink. So um, our drink, Big Capricorn Energy, is two ounces of bourbon. We used um, Freeland, which is a local women-owned and women-distilled bourbon. They do great gin also. Um, half an ounce of homemade blackberry syrup, five drops of orange bitters, two drops of Angostura bitters, and garnished with a lemon twist and a blackberry. Um, it's an old fashioned. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, it is delicious. Total classic. It's like a a summer old fashioned. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's what we're drinking tonight. So. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Uh, so I'll start us off with the back of book, uh, summary as soon as I take a sip of my delicious beverage. Take that sip. (laughs) All right. After a disastrous blind date, Darcy Lowell is desperate to stop her well-meaning brother from playing matchmaker ever again. Love and the inevitable heartbreak is the last thing she wants. So she fibs and says her latest setup was a success. Darcy doesn't expect her lie to bite her in the ass. L. Jones, one of the astrologers behind the popular Twitter account Oh My Stars, dreams of finding her soulmate, but she knows it is most assuredly not Darcy, a no-nonsense stick-in-the-mud who is way too analytical, punctual, and skeptical for someone like L. When Darcy's brother and L's new business partner expresses how happy he is that she and Darcy hit it off, L is baffled. Was Darcy on the same date? Because awkward. <laughs> Darcy begs Elle to play along, and she reluctantly agrees to pretend they're dating. But with a few conditions, Darcy must help Elle navigate her own overbearing family during the holidays, and their arrangement expires on New Year's Eve. The last thing they expect is to develop real feelings during a faux relationship. But maybe opposites can attract when true love is written in the stars. Mm, <laughs> I love a good faux romance. <laughs> I know, yeah. So obviously, um, the tropes, fake romance. Very clear from the back of book. Uh, also, as you can expect with any, even the loosest Pride and Prejudice retellings, the other big trope is like the stoic grump falls for the <laughs> ray of sunshine character, right? Like, which is one of my oldest and dearest. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, for the cast. So for my fan cast, uh, our Darcy in this case is a very tall and well-built woman in her late 20s who is redheaded. Uh, so definitely oh. not like super adjacent to canon Darcy, huh. um, but I love it. I love, I think it really works um, with the story. And so I have Karen Gillan as Darcy from Doctor Who, Amy Pond. Um, she's in some other stuff, but like <laughs> normally wears a lot of makeup in those movies, so... She's British, right? Yes, she yes. is. Okay, yes. Well, actually, so she's Scottish. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is British, but yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and she's also very tall. So Karen Gillan is almost six feet tall, which is like Darcy in this book is super tall and their height disparity is super adorable. Okay. I just love it as a short person. I love a uh, short person with giant person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have uh, Amelia Clark as the other lead as Elle. Oh. And Wait. so um, not Amelia as in Daenerys Amelia, but like Amelia Clark is in actual Amelia Clark. Like if you've ever seen her in interviews, 
she yes, is she's like, like bubbly the most and, bubbly yeah. hilarious mm-hmm. cute like kind of flighty you know yes yeah. so yeah that's how I'm picturing her so um Darcy as I'm sure anyone can guess right considering the character she's based on is stoic she keeps her emotions on the inside she likes fancy things she's very successful um you know she's a woman of few words um and then Elle so Elle is the other um lead character in this one not super based on Elizabeth Bennett like it's question yeah last name is Jones right yes so like Bridget Jones like Bridget Jones is <laughs> yes, the I retelling did of- not even <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Make that connection, but I am sure that's okay. where I got it from. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my fan cast. Um, okay, so like overall feelings. Um, I mean, I'll just start with like I love and approve of all Pride and Prejudice retellings. Like I do not discriminate, um, and I have read many of them. Mm-hmm. Loved Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Loved Death Comes to Pemberley. I read Longbourn, which is a little bit different because it's like from the below stairs point mm-hmm. of view. But um, yeah, love them all. Love my dear grumpy Fitzwilliam. Um, and this Darcy is no different. I loved her. Um, she is like my kind of love interest. Love her secret talent for dirty jokes. Like, so <laughs> that's like, <laughs> she has like four, three or four outrageously dirty jokes that come out of nowhere in this. And I'm like, that's headcanon for me now that like <laughs> Dar- Mr. Darcy is secretly great at dirty jokes. Um, <clears throat> so love that. Um, and I also loved how like this modern female Darcy was like unabashedly successful in her career. Didn't feel bad about it. Um, and I mean, like she's a woman in her late 20s. So like, obviously we aren't talking about like original Mr. Darcy levels of wealth, but, um, you know, she's got a gorgeous apartment in Capitol Hill. The book takes place in Seattle. Mm. Um, and she lives there alone. She's always wearing like cashmere and wool pants and ordering like $50 glasses of wine at the bar. And she just like never apologizes. Love for it. it. There isn't any judgment or anything. It's just like, here she is. She's fancy. She's got her own money. Like it's great. So good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so overall, though, the story gives, like, just a passing nod to the original Pride and Prejudice. Um, it is not a retelling. Uh, just there's, like, some light inspiration taken, right? So Darcy is, like, a, a fairly faithful reinterpretation of the character. Um, and both the characters were, like, engaging. I, I loved their relationship and their chemistry was amazing. Um, but, you know, fake relationship actually just, like, isn't my favorite trope. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, and I think part of that is that, like, it ultimately, all the narrative tension always comes down to a lack of communication, which is my least favorite trope in romance novels. It's so common. Um, and then, you know, also the plot in this one is, like, barely there. <laughs> you know, it's, like, kind of mushy and um, it's really character-driven. Which is fine. Mm -hmm. I totally love that too. Um, But, you know, it's, that is a consistent problem that I have with romance novels. I I get that they're always going to be more character driven, but I do like the plot to like keep moving along and keep some tension going, you know? Um, I actually think that's like. I, well, I get frustrated when there's like plot opportunity that is just like skipped. (laughs) Like excellent setup. Then you just like, wait, like what happened? Like where, what? Right. Or like it could have gone somewhere if like one of the like supporting characters was more well-developed. But yeah. they're just like some rando with a couple lines of dialogue and there's no like story behind it. Yeah. But if they'd like leaned into it, it could have worked better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's like why I kind of love like uh, fantasy or like sci-fi mm-hmm. romance because there's like the something that, like, else interesting <laughs> yeah they like keep things moving along yeah and the, I love the idea that like our characters are like taking a break to hash out their relationship yes. while there's like an epic battle in the background or whatever so you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's some urgency right urgency yeah, yeah for sure. um so this doesn't really have that um but uh, you know, despite the plot being like a little contrived, their chemistry is amazing. Another author who's writing like sparkling, like great banter, really sizzling chemistry. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I like 
I definitely did a little like skipping over the like long internalized monologues mm-hmm. in this book that were like mm-hmm. struggling through. I'm like, I know where this is going. I don't need like Just four like, uh-uh, pages. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get to the between the sheets. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, a little bit. So, um, and then, you know, I, Elizabeth Bennett is one of my favorite characters and I liked Elle, the other lead mm-hmm. in this. Um, I enjoyed her like being kind of a mess and also not apologizing about it like both these women are like this is who I am like you can take it or leave it both to each other and to like everyone in their lives which I love that um and Elle is like a college educated like you know totally like she study what did she study in college anyway she went to college but then like didn't finish her master's and instead quit to run this like Twitter account like oh have you ever seen that one on Instagram that's like sanctuary something or whatever that does all of the zodiac memes no anyway so like that's what she's doing now and her family's oh, all like oh that's how the zodiac stuff comes yeah. in okay yeah and her family's like that's not a real job what are you doing just- <laughs> <laughs> um and you know I think I'm just like Elizabeth Bennett would never, which is fine. It's fine True, that Elle was doing but it, but like, like, yeah, that's definitely Elizabeth was Lizzie's maybe not given like, the opportunity. Woo-woo. You know, it's hard to say. Yeah, so I could definitely see her being like, "I'm going to do what I want." Her so options were limited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I yeah, it's it's not a great character retelling, which is fine. Um, you know, I, I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be like a true adaptation. Yeah. It's yeah. just a little nod. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's like some fun little Easter eggs in there mm-hmm. for like big Austin fans, mm-hmm. um, which, which was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so like overall it's a light, fun read, you know, like it's frothy. There's not a lot of heavy tension. Their relationship is gorgeous. Um, and it's pretty hot. Yeah. It's really great sexual tension. Um, and I mean, fake relationship leads to that, was, right? That's my it's favorite. Like, yeah. yeah that like, was this a real intimacy. kiss? Was it not a real? Was it? What? what? Totally. Yes. <laughs> and I, favorite. that's like my favorite quote is going to be like all that. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh yeah. And I also loved that like this was a lesbian story without there being like, There is absolutely a place for, like, the difficult coming out stories and the, like, Mm -hmm. self-actualization stories. But it's also nice to read just, like, a gay love story where there isn't, like, pain. Right. Like, you know, caused by one's sexuality. So these guys, like, they knew who they were. They were comfortable and confident. And so that is refreshing. Um, Okay. Overall ratings. Um, Readability. I gave it a four. It's a great little book. Again, like... Some of the plot points are a little mushy and doesn't always move along at a great clip, but um, it's it's easy to get through and a fun one to read. Um, for the like spice rating, I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, um, there were there were some moments where it was like up there, um, but like I think it was that the finish wasn't that great, and so maybe that. I lowered mm. a little bit for that. Um, romance is a four. They have a lovely relationship, aside from the like be getting annoyed by the lack of communication problems. <laughs> um, they, the romance aspect was great. Overall, I give it a four. It's like really a solid four kind of across the board. Awesome. Yeah. Um, does it pass the vibe check? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, obviously this is a lesbian love story or well, um, so Darcy is gay and Elle is bisexual. Um, there is also a second book that just came out in this like series that's about um, Darcy's younger brother um Ooh. and he is a straight man um but his love interest is a bisexual woman um and i wrote in here i was like i'm hoping we also get a story about Elle's pansexual roommate and business partner margo and Ooh. then i was like looking on goodreads and it's totally already announced so <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah that's really exciting amazing. i love how you just like, like willed it into existence right i just immediately <laughs> manifested it <laughs> Um, but I do love this kind of like new, like, so there's like so many little trilogies of romance novels and probably it's not new. I'm just discovering it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but where you kind of get like one for each character. Yes. And then like a separate series, but they like mention the characters from the other series. Yeah. What I love that it's like, you get a little like epilogue of your characters you've already read in the next book. Yeah. 
the yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, okay. So definitely passes the vibe check. Um, all right, my favorite line. This is kind of long because I wanted to capture it all. Um, and it's it's a sexy bit. Yes. It's a sexy bit. All right, are you ready? <laughs> Always. All right, so this is just following they went on a double date. So we're still like in the fake relationship part with Darcy's brother and his date. Um, and now they are dropping Elle off uh, at her apartment. Darcy's brother is waiting in the car and Darcy is walking her to the door. Um, and so it was a very, of course, it was like a wildly successful date where they're like totally towing the line between fake and real the whole mm -hmm. time. All right. So now that we've set the scene, okay. we're reading this from Darcy's point of view. If she were lucky, the kiss would be terrible and she'd never want to do it again. The sudden burning in her chest would fizzle out and all would be restored to normal. The world righted back on its axis. Leaning in, she brushed her lips against Elle's and it was like striking a match. That spark she'd refused to acknowledge catching flame with the slightest friction of lips on lips. It was mutual. It had to be because Elle gasped, lips parting, and turning what was supposed to be a fucking stage kiss into a frenetic exploration, wild and charged. Suddenly Elle's fingers, those fingers that had touched the spines of all of Darcy's books and left smudge marks on her coffee table, were buried in Darcy's hair, pulling her closer and keeping her there. Darcy stumbled, vertigo making her head spin, and backed Elle into the wall beside the building's door. Had it not been for Elle's hands in her hair and the snug press of their bodies, Darcy might have crumbled at the hot, wet drag of Elle's tongue against her bottom lip. <laughs> I, there's something about that, like, loss of control mm -hmm. that is just, like, oh, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the book is just like loaded with moments like that. And I really enjoyed them. <laughs> um, all right. So that's it. Overall, highly recommend, um, especially if you like light retellings of old favorites, especially I personally love, um, like sapphic or gender bent retellings of my mm. old favorites. And, um, this yes. was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, so for my mini dive, deep dive, <laughs> mini deep dive, mini deep dive, D deep uh, mini dive. <laughs> um, so I had like so many ideas for where to take this and it was really hard for me to narrow it down and choose one. Um, but I just decided to pick what was the most fun option for me. So I'm doing a deep dive on Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. You're like, it's like comfy. Yeah. <laughs> this was really fun. And I found some really great articles and I will share them all in the show notes. Um, I also have like one <laughs> really dorky, but wonderful YouTube compilation that I want everyone to go watch. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Um, all right. So this is not... Super surprising, but still kind of wild. So according to Goodreads, there are at least 441 published books adapted from or inspired by Pride and Prejudice. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me though. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but that's a huge number. Um, probably most of which came out in the last like 30 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's a whopping 17 movies as of 2021 um, with a new adaptation in the works at Netflix. Ooh, so wait, a new, a new Pride and Prejudice? Yes, Ooh. specifically Pride and Prejudice. And it's called, um, it's called, how did I forget what it was called? I'll insert it in if I can remember. There is a series based on A Death Comes to Pemberley, right? Oh yeah, that one is great. Is that just a series or is that a book and a series? There is a book and then there is a like made for TV movie based on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that one has uh, what's-his-face from that Russian spy show in it, Matthew Reese, something Reese. He's a really good Darcy. Really mm. like him. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, there's a new, like, more modern adaptation um, coming from Netflix. I don't know if it's set in Regency England or not, but it's definitely, like, a more modern take. I think kind mm. of, like following the success of Bridgerton kind uh, of deal, you know? Oh, maybe some yeah. diversity. That would be amazing. I actually, like, <laughs> searched high and low for a Darcy of color and couldn't find any. So there is actually a really, really good Bollywood adaptation. Ooh. But even then that, 
the Darcy I mean, is white. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was so disappointing. Um, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. I, I really want to watch it, though. I did watch one musical number from it, and it was amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that, actually. But So he obviously, Mr. Darcy, <laughs> like with that many adaptations and books inspired by and movie productions, Mr. Darcy is like basically our favorite recurring character. <laughs> he appears so many times um, and has been played by numerous actors and embodied by hundreds of characters since the original publishing in 1813, even being played by my beloved Colin Firth twice. Twice. In the span of six years. Yes. <laughs> um, that was actually like really weird for me to realize because I was like reading all about everything today and the first Bridget Jones came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. That was only six years after the miniseries of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, you know, I actually only just now realized that that's kind of weird. You know what I else never is weird? Really felt it was so, weird I know, right? They're so close together, but they yeah. seemed like a generation yeah. apart. Also, what occurred to me recently when I was, of course, re-watching Pride and Prejudice, as I want to do, like, every three months or so. Um, <laughs> as you are wont to do. <laughs> the, we are, so, like, the 1995 Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice and the 2005 Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice are closer together than mm. we are to the Kira Knightley version. No. <laughs> They're only 10 years apart and we're 16 years from the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. Can you I believe mean... that? There is also, so as a millennial on TikTok, sorry. <laughs> Older millennial. There is like a whole, yeah, there is a whole generation of young women who think that the 2005 Pride and Prejudice is the best. No. Like most of them. No. Like, they're like do Matthew McFadden is their Darcy. Ew. <laughs> I mean. I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to share my thoughts, but. Oh, no, I'm going to ask you about them later, so don't worry. Um, anyway. So, yeah, that was mildly upsetting. But uh, so, yeah, we have a murder solving Mr. Darcy, a zombie fighting Mr. Darcy, a barrister Mr. Darcy, which actually I think that like that's the Mr. Darcy that the original Darcy would find the most horrifying. It's like a Darcy <laughs> with a job. <laughs> um, and then we've got the Bollywood version of Mr. Darcy, still white, unfortunately. Um, but... Naveen Andrews from Lost is his Mr. Bingley, and he does oh, the most amazing. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, no, you, I've seen this before. Now oh, it's really? all coming back yeah. to me. Now, like I probably have just seen like a clip or something, but yes. Well, so I watched his like big musical number uh-huh. from it, and it was fucking amazing. He was <laughs> so good, and I was like, Saeed. Um, <laughs> it oh my god, also my... stars Indira Varma from Game of Thrones, Loria Sand. She's oh. also in it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just say that my book today has a, or, or my presentation has a lost reference as well. Amazing. <laughs> Another old favorite of mine. Aging surprisingly well. Um, okay. So, but the original Mr. Darsley, whose estate, Pemberley, is fictional, uh, hails from the real Derbyshire, spelled Derbyshire. I think I'm getting that right, though. Um, in the Peak District in the Midlands of England. So the Peak District is like kind of second only to the Lake District in terms of like oh. beautiful places to vacation in England. Um, and like, holy hell, I was looking at pictures of this district. <laughs> I was like, no wonder Mr. Darcy is so moody all the time because the landscape like literally demands that you are moody oh. at all times. It's like, I mean, it actually feels a lot like Scotland because it's like windswept moors mm. and like craggy heather covered valleys Moody and contemplation yes yes totally um that like that shot of Kira Knightley in the 2005 version version of Pride and Prejudice where she's like standing on that cliffside and the camera like zooms uh-huh. all around her like that's it that's that's it yeah, yeah. um Totally gorgeous. Um, And so one of my favorite things that I found while I was doing this research is there's a great little article um, that the date I read on it was 1990, but I think it was originally published in 89 and that the research was done for it in 88, um, which gives rough estimates of what Mr. Darcy's income of $10,000 a year would be in U.S. dollars in 1988. So I went ahead and took all those numbers and plugged them through push them through another um, like inflation calculator to get today's You numbers. did math? No. Google did math for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good try, though. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so this is, it's really fascinating. So I'm going to like make you guys listen to some numbers. <clears throat> so Darcy's yearly income of 10,000 pounds a year would now in U.S. dollars be $728,741 a year. Oh. So three quarters of a mil a pretty, year. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Not like upsettingly large. You know what's also upsetting though is that like he, that just like happens from like the land that he owns. That's just like literally him doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you have to like manage it, but. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you hire someone to do that yeah. and you pay them like 50 pounds a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's just him like running his estate. So um, for reference, Mr. Bennett's income of about $2,000 a year translates to 143000 in today's dollars, mm-hmm. which is like, a, Still, it's respectable. Yeah. Um, but like raising <clears throat> five daughters and settling them yeah. and having one very silly wife uh, probably <laughs> doesn't actually stretch that far, yeah. you know, as a household income. Yeah. Um, so that like, that scaled... Correct. Like, I, it's a really clear understanding of their situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Bennets are, like, comfortable, but they're not loaded. Right. Um, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole thing of, like, the daughters can't inherit it. So. Right. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And they don't get to keep the, like, income. <clears throat> right. They, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, so, anyway, but in terms of, like, raising them right, right, and right. funding yeah. their life. Yeah. Um, and then, so, Mr. Bingley, he inherited a hundred and. 100000 from his father when his father passed and he got the title. Um, and he has a yearly income of $5,000 a year. So that means he had roughly $6.5 million in the bank from his inheritance. That's what that hundred grand translates to. Just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and an additional 360000 a year to live on. So it's not bad. Pretty good. <laughs> like The Bennett sisters I, I did it. well. Yes, they did. <laughs> um. I just thought that was really fascinating and yeah. offers like really great context. And it's funny because it's like it really puts Mr. Darcy in a realm of like highly comfortable, like a really significant amount of money, but not to a point that it's like that amount of money shouldn't exist for one person. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I was afraid it was going to be like upsetting mm-hmm. and then I was going to like have to hate mm-hmm. Mr. Darcy. Anyway. <laughs> um, he also has his sister to like provide yes. for you know yes. like provide her dowry mm-hmm. whatever anyway which based on other austin works i'm pretty sure that a, a landed gentry woman from a family like that her dowry would be like ten thousand. that's my understanding like from a yearly reading a lot no an, like that's the dowry is ten thousand. so like oh. that's what the um husband's family gets upon their marriage right so, i okay yeah. i yeah that's like He's ten thousand a year, so I was like, "Oh, that's like yeah, a, it, yeah." So it like, it's a, like year a year's salary, salary, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so okay, and then I just picked up a couple of uh, fun facts from some other articles. So um, while speaking at the British Academy of Film and Television Arts in two thousand ten, Colin Firth admitted that he didn't think he was right for the role. Oh, I couldn't see there was anything to play because the character doesn't speak most of the time. Firth said, "I thought this is just a guy who stands around for hours driving people to despair." I love that. Um, And then another little tidbit I found is, so the 1995 version is very famous for the scene in which Mr. Darcy emerges from his pot in the white Go on. I'm not Um, picturing it right now at all. No, I mean, I don't have every frame memorized. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... That white shirt has made the rounds in the 2000, in 2016, the Folger Shakespeare Library in D.C. put Mr. Darcy's white shirt on display as part of an exhibition. Um, the exhibition was Will and Jane, Shakespeare, Austin, and the Cult of Celebrity, which sounds fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah I would really <laughs> like to go to that, um, which it, it's long since done. Obviously, this was 2016, but... Labeled simply as the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, So Janine Barkas, a University of Texas English professor who co-curated the show, told the New York Times that, quote, the shirt seemed like a celebrity object that demonstrated the kind of fun that people have with Austin as an author. It exemplifies the kind of play that is central to our whole exhibition. Which I loved. I mean, like, that is such a great way to look at Austin's body of work because like mm-hmm. it really has entered the cultural consciousness and like how m- much new art 
it has inspired is like so interesting and so cool and how people like play with her work Mm -hmm. it is very similar to Shakespeare right it's like so many fun iterations and people like I mean her work absolutely is to be like taken seriously and examined but it's also like such a great body of work just to have fun with. well yeah it just means so much to so many people that you know Yeah, yeah totally um, so I will share the sources in the show notes, um, and probably we'll post a link to this video in the, like on Instagram or something, but, um, there's a really great, uh, YouTuber who does some funny compilations of a lot of your like favorite, uh, period pieces of movies. And she has a great video based, like taking pieces from the 1995 version. She actually also has one from the 2005 version that's just Lizzie being fucking iconic for like six <laughs> minutes straight. And they're so good. I was like literally almost peed myself laughing at them. <laughs> so we'll post a link to that. But I just want to hear, I want to hear who your favorite Darcy is. And what's your favorite Austen novel? Oh, I mean, oh, my favorite novel? Um, yeah. I mean... Ugh, I mean, I have to say Pride and Prejudice. Like, there's others. I, I also love Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. but um, I also actually, is it, oh, fuck, I always get them confused. I think it's Northanger Abbey. It was mm-hmm. like, that was one of the first ones I read. Oh, really? Yeah. That was like the second to last one I read, that and then like Mansfield Park. Just like, just okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And I mean, Colin Firth, like, that's like, I, you know, I feel like I don't want to get into details here, but like uh, <laughs> Teenage I mean, Awakening. Yes. No, totally. Like, I mean, that movie came out like when we were like, just, I remember I, my parents watching it like, like, I'm pretty sure we like recorded it on VHS mm-hmm. and like had it like my parents watched it on like, it was on like PBS or whatever. Yes, like yeah. Masterpiece. Yeah. Theater, Masterpiece yeah. Classic. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm Laura Linney. And this yes. Is not- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's actually only from like the last six years. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I just love it so yeah. much. And I think there's like, obviously, you know, they have like eight hours of screen time to work with. So yeah. there's a lot more room for it to breathe. But yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I think Colin um, is definitely the best Mr. Darcy. I do think my favorite like uh, interpretation or whatever modern retelling, not of Pride and Prejudice, but Jane Austen is Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. Like it's so fucking funny. The book? Yes. Oh, I don't think I ever read it's that one. so funny. Like just the way like Colonel Brandon, you know, like, yep. it, like the way that they like made him like unappeal like the, the he it's just so good i can't can imagine it, it. i can imagine it's it so good like a weird crossover of pirates of the caribbean and uh sense and sensibility is yes like, like a, exactly that he like, like he has monster yes, yes he has like a partial <laughs> yes. sea monster thing on right. his face yes. yeah totally so funny oh love sense and sensibility another one with yeah. great adaptations oh um, yeah. yeah yeah persuasion is my favorite <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Which I love. And there's a solid um, movie from, also from the 90s, um, starring Kieran Hines as Captain Wentworth, which is pretty good. But I would love to I see. Yeah, I know I've seen it, but yeah. it, probably just once. Yeah, I, I would love to see so many good retelling. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So that's it. That was my amazing. <laughs> my Darcy amazing. Diet. All right. Let's take a break. All right. We're back. We're back. Okay. So um, I'm actually shocked at how similar our books are. There's a lot of differences. Mine does not. (laughs) No Austin references in my book. Well, I quit then. Um, so my book was Hotel Queens okay, by Lee Winter, um, who I have learned is a semi-famous romance novel say that author. Name sounds um, familiar. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first book of hers that I read. And I'm going to read the back of the book. Ice meets fire in this opposites attract oh. lesbian romance. All right. <laughs> as layered, sassy, and smart as its characters, over one long night at a bar in Las Vegas, two powerful hotel executives meet, flirt, and challenge each other, having no clue they're rivals after the same dream deal. Brilliant ice queen Amelia Dexton is a hotel vice president who thrives on control, truth, and efficiency. She's in no mood for love or the mess it brings. All she wants is to buy the coveted Mayfair Palace, a massive deal that could help that could finally help her land the CEO job in her family's hotel empire. 
Fiery Kay Fisher is charming and chaotic and renowned for closing ambitious deals. Her sights are set on snatching the Mayfair Palace out from under the nose of her hated arch rivals, the Dexton family. But when secrets emerge and everything starts to fall apart, how can either of the warring women win, especially when they've just met their match? Ooh. Ooh. So does the book take place over only one night? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's like... (laughs) I'm like, that's such a cool it's like premise. A week. But yeah. Yeah. No, that is cool it's like, it's, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I love that. It's got like a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet thing going on, right? Like warring families, except it's just it's, family on one side. It's right? the like ice queen, yeah. fiery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, opposites tract. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so casting this book. <laughs> Jillian Anderson as Amelia Dexton. <laughs> um yeah, uh, we, okay, yeah, she's been in so many things that I, like, didn't even remember, too. I don't think you um, need to say where she's from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I what? Mean, so, wait, is she the Ice Queen character? N- yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, and then the other character, speaking of our lost reference, Ooh. Um, Yunjin Kim. <gasps> son? Yep. Oh, God, I love her. Um, yeah, as uh, the character is Kai Fisher. Nice. Um, Oh, now I'm just like, I want this to be a movie because I would love for her to have more work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So the main tropes, uh, forced proximity because. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then rivals to lovers, fire yeah. and ice personalities. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite like enemies to lovers because they're not actually enemies. Right. They just are going after the same thing. Rivals. Yeah. 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 No, I love, that's one of my <clears throat> favorites. And I also yeah. love the opposites attract. Opposites attract. Yeah. yeah. So like as you were like talking about, yeah. you're right, like, oh, I'm like, like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So overall, um, I really enjoyed this book. There were some really fun, like funny moments. Um, it left me feeling very satisfied. The ending was amazing. It was actually like beautiful and like. Oh. It was, I mean, very, like, romance, you know, typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the characters got what they deserved. It was just, like, all around, like, perfect rounded ending. Nice. Um, and the, like, the characters were really fleshed out. They were um, complex. They had flaws. They had their own separate personalities. I mean, with the fire and ice, but, like, just other things also. Um, and they each, it was a dual perspective. So you got yes, both of them. dual perspective. Um, yeah, um, and they're, like, it's not so, like, rigidly written, like, this is the Ice Queen, and these are the things she did. Like, each sure. one of them sort of, like, makes mistakes and, like, does things out of character, and then you get sort of the, like, internal monologue of, like, yeah. like oh, that didn't really feel like me, like, you know, yeah. stuff like that, and, like, um, even though they kind of come across as, like, knowing, like, being the, like, perfect, like, knowing exactly what they're doing and not making any mistakes, like, inside you can sort of, like see the like th- yeah. thought process that's why um, i love that dual point of view so that yeah. you like get the inner <clears throat> monologue of both and like where they're coming from and yeah yes yeah and then so they're like in a lot of ways they're polar opposites but they also like they each really care about people like they have they each have <laughs> actually like really funny moment like they each have an assistant um who is also a lesbian but <laughs> like that's a slight spoiler because like one of them you don't really find out but it's like <laughs> they're like <laughs> having this like fire and ice romance thing and of then their, like oh, oh. of their like then their assistants are like having this like little side thing it's ah! so funny <laughs> oh my that- god so is there also a book about the assistant i don't know <laughs> oh i love that um right so uh yeah like they're they both they each like care about people but they go about it in like totally different ways and it's sort of like this lovely perspective of like yeah you can like be a good person in a lot of different ways you mm-hmm. know um there's not like uh and you can be a strong and successful person with different, different personalities ways. you don't have totally. to be a you know warm loving like you know almost like a brown noser type of person right. is like sort of what they get out for like the fiery or you don't have to be a hard ass you know you can yeah. be whatever you need to be to be successful. Like you can be yourself and be successful. Yes, so totally. Sort of like, you get to be a human, and women yeah. don't have to like embody one characteristic to be successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the sex scenes were pretty phenomenal. Um, with the like rivals to lovers thing, like like you were saying, it was like the anticipation is like it was <laughs> like so much. Like part of me, I was just like 
get like come on you're Let's like just do this like, <laughs> you're both fucking like hot successful women and you're into yes. each other just like yeah just fuck, fuck make, already let's just make do it, it. Happen. <laughs> um yeah but yeah so there was like a lot of anticipation and like they got interrupted a few times you know it's just like mm-hmm. perfect love that yeah. i mean i like love a slow burn mm-hmm. but i also like Love it when it's not a slow burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like both are like a slow burn is really satisfying, mm-hmm. but like I also love a well crafted sex scene. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, this is like a very typical like it waits till the end, and then like once you get there, there are some pretty hot scenes. Nice. Like, all right, um, that's pretty much. Yeah, I the the like hotel the like plot line of the like buying a hotel thing. Uh, did not actually, like, it wasn't that interesting to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it was... Hashtag business. Right. Yeah. yeah. There was, there was sort of, like, a little, like, mystery, um, and sort of, like, a re- reveal, like, twist thing in the middle. So, like, the plot was good. Um, and it did, like, I was, like, intrigued by, like, like, why? Like, you're, like, a little confused, and then there's, like, the reveal, and you're, like, oh, like, that's okay. why. Yeah. So, like, there was some good, good plot in there. I, like, just personally am not that interested in, like how you manage a hotel so like (laughs) whatever (laughs) um all right so uh for my ratings readability was like a four like it was good um I definitely got through it really quickly like I think I actually read this in like a day and a half nice um I love god when I'm like so in the zone and I'm like staying up to read it that's like yeah that's what yeah that's like the main marker of a Mm -hmm. great read yeah Mm -hmm. um Hotness, I brought it down to a three. It, like, the scenes were really good, but there were, like, sort of few. There was, I yeah. think there was only, like, two. That Sounds I'm, pretty like, slow burny. Yeah, yeah, so, like, there, yeah. There's, like, if if this category was, like, anticipation, it would be a five. But right. since it's, like, steamy sexiness, it's, yeah. like, okay, well, there's only a few sexy scenes. So, like, right. Mm, maybe we need to adjust our parameters a I know, bit to yeah. account for, like, yeah. Hmm. We'll have to think about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, romance three. It's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> overall four. Like it's a good read. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, all right. Uh, totally passes the vibe check. Diverse characters. Consent all around. Um, there is some homophobia. Um, it isn't like a driving force in any of the characters' lives. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like. It's sort of, like, wrapped up in the, like, mystery aspect. Um, oh. She kind of, like, doesn't really realize why something came out the way it did. And then you sort of, like, Got it. figure out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and then, so then there's also some, like, a little bit of, like, gaslighting about, like, the reasons things are happening yep. by family members. So that is a bit, like, I'd say that's a content warning. It's you know? interesting. It's, like, a tough line to walk, I think, in a lot of, like lgbtq plus novel it's like you you know it's it's both refreshing to read Mm -hmm. a novel where there's like no trauma around the character's sexual orientation and the same thing goes for really any marginalized Mm -hmm. group um but it's also like you also want it to be realistic right right that we don't live in a fantasy land yeah (laughs) and so it you know yeah it's i think there's room for everything like at the table right like every kind of approach but yeah. I mean, the way this was handled, it's not like, I mean, it definitely affects this character as a, like it, it changes the outcome of some things that happen, but it yeah. doesn't like affect her or, or it doesn't like drive her character personality or anything right. like that. You right. know, she's like, when it happens, she's kind of like, oh, like, you know, oh, and it, again. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, I mean, it's not like anyone is like, oh my God, like shocked, like lesbian. Like it's not right, nothing right. like that. It's just like people have reactions these reactions exist like Mm -hmm. um so anyway yeah but i would say that's a content warning because um it does happen yeah all right my favorite line (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) this is from the beginning this is kind of their um oh i can't remember whose point of view this is i think this is from ice queen's point of view amelia duxton now it's kind of confusing. Yes. Yeah. It's from Amelia. Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, and it's like the, the moment that they meet. Okay. 
Amelia's gaze drank in Kai. Laughing, intelligent eyes drew her in, as did the sensual mouth, so ready with a smile. Kai seemed so sure of herself, and while overconfidence was a huge turnoff in general, <laughs> what if it was just well-placed confidence? Amelia had to admit she was interested enough to find out. Uh, not to mention there were those amazing legs to consider. <laughs> legs, mouth, and eyes versus cockiness? Three against one. A drink, Amelia murmured, the edges of her mouth turning up. I will accept one drink. What's your preference? Kai's eyes sparkled. In drinks. <laughs> Anything that doesn't taste like battery acid this time, Amelia offered with a small smile in return. Why don't I have what you're having? Pleasure lit Kai's face. Absolutely. She exhaled so deeply that it sounded like she meant every syllable. Let's do that. Her sheer delight startled Amelia. It had been a long time, years, since anyone from Imog since anyone apart from Imogen had been this enthusiastic about spending time with her. A novel. Amelia was only too aware of how her... Oh, <laughs> I just scrolled down. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Amelia was only too aware of how out of character it was for her to say yes to a drink with a woman she'd just met. But it was all harmless fun. Right? After <laughs> all, what was the worst that could happen? Having a drink with an attractive stranger at a bar in Vegas? Is that it? Yeah. Oh my god. No, it's <laughs> like now that I'm reading like, it, it was like not that good. No, it's great. I it, love that like is my favorite thing that it's always like, no one's gonna fall in love. It's just a drink. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, yeah. So like like I I tried to find something that was like it showed like the playfulness. There's yeah. some of those like you know, like, oh, just, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, but, um, totally. Anyway, that, now that I'm reading it, I did not. <laughs> it was not, it was not as, like, representative as it could have been. Gotcha. Well, but, I mean, anyway. I appreciate the, like, light and playful yeah. spirit of it. Right. Yeah. Anyway. All right, my mini dive. All so right. I struggled, and I was actually thinking, like, I need to stop reading, like, contemporary romances so I have more to draw from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did a little bit of research into, like, the ice queen trope. Ooh, okay. Um, because, yeah, so... Gosh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's, um, it is definitely a mini dive because there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of psychology involved. Yep. There's a lot of, um, yeah. So what I couldn't find actually is like, like when you look up, like when you try to find like what the history is, there isn't a lot of information out there. Everyone sort of um, points to the like Hans Christian Andersen, uh -huh. which like Frozen is based off of. Yep. But um, I think it's like a little bit more than that. Like, um it's like, it's a little bit hard to define. I mean, like in general, it, it's sort of, you know, the signature characteristic characteristic is that they're cold, like yep. cold in quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that could mean a cold heart, a frosty demeanor. Um, you could be described as having resting bitch face, uh, <laughs> generally disinterested in those that attempt to break, break your icy exterior, mm -hmm. um, attractive, but not welcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like. Well, I go ahead. There's yeah, like I have so much internalized yes. misogyny to unpack there. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, there's a exuding an air of determination and steely anger, um, causing others to tread lightly around you. Mm -hmm. um, How dare they? Yeah, and then there's this sense that like only like the special people get let in. Right. Um, and, like, when you're let in, it's, like, temporary emotional access. Mm. Um, but then there's this feeling that deep down the Ice Queen is, like, actually lonely and fearful and is just compensating for um, this sort of, like, extra vulnerability. Right. Um, so, so that's sort of my, like, background. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about, like, whether or not this is, like, is it like an insult or like, why is it an insult? Why is it an insult? <clears throat> I think that's the bigger yeah. question, right? Like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I can think of like several popular culture references where it's like used as an insult and mm -hmm. like, but the like, the like bottom line is like, this is often used as like men who are, who are rejected, yes, right? Like it's, it's the lack of accessibility, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, like, they're failed conquests. Like, oh, like, she's an ice queen. Yeah, like, a normal woman would have welcomed yes, right? my advances. It's not, it's not me. Yeah. It's her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so I found this article um, from Glamour. <laughs> nice. Which was I mean, an amazing actually, article. Like the last couple of years has not been bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so exactly. So this article is by Jill Gudowitz. Gudowitz. Um, and it's basically the the premise of the article is like why we should all aspire to be ice queens. Yep. Um, so uh, examples from the article are Miranda Priestly, Meryl Streep from The Double Wears mm-hmm. Prada. Um, oh, and quoting this article about uh, Meryl Streep from The Double Wears Prada, which is <clears throat> this amazing article. <laughs> uh, her hair looks like a wintry pond ready to crack and swallow you with the slightest movement. Just a stare from an ice queen like Miranda will send your soul straight to the mol- molten core of hell, and that's the kind of fear I hope to inspire. Instead of letting people walk all over me, I want to communicate the message, cross me and my eyes will burn a horrific memory into the back of your skull for decades to come. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, so... Okay, can I can I insert something yes, here? Yes, please. Okay, I read a really great quote from Meryl Streep recently, like in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I can't remember where I found it. I'll see if I can find it, but um, where she talks about her portrayal um, Uh of Miranda Priestly and how like day one on set when she first opens her mouth and I don't know how like familiar you are with the movie I it's my like it's been a while but I definitely yeah yeah. like when I'm sick in the winter I always watch (laughs) it (laughs) and I love it so much um but she said like day one she opens her mouth for like line number one and she's got this you know she speaks in this kind of breathy whisper Mm -hmm. through the whole movie like never raises her voice. She's always speaking in like a very Mm -hmm. placid tone. And apparently everyone was really put off by that. And like, you know, that's the voice she chose to embody the character, Mm -hmm. right? And everyone was like, no, we thought you would bring like a sharp, high tone and you'd be loud and forceful. And she's like, why would I need to do that? Yeah. Like I'm in a position of power. Everyone will listen to me. It does not matter like what tone of voice or volume I use. And I just thought that was like, so fabulous and like well reasoned for the character anyway yeah, yeah um yeah so there's some other like um examples from the article of like recent like recent examples of of like good ice queen or like people who yeah. have like owned it a little bit more mm-hmm. um so like Cersei from Game of Thrones and Claire Underwood from House of Cards oh yeah um, but yeah i mean i definitely think that it is like uh and i mean even Elsa from you know like it's this sense of it's a sense of like you don't need to if like this ice queen personality is if it's you it's you you don't need to melt to soften yourself you don't need to soften to be accepted like you know it's yeah so um there was sort of uh I have another source here it's actually like a YouTube video um and it's it's kind of this like there's a lot of examples of kind of like the negative version and there was mm-hmm. a lot of like Hitchcock yes him like his yes. like ice queen blonde or whatever yep. yeah um and they were saying like the original archetype was like an ice queen would either melt or die yeah and yeah. so like the yeah so the more recent examples of women who did not have to melt or die and were accepted and so mm-hmm. reowning it um and then there's the last part of this article made me laugh so hard it was like it was one of those like transitional ice queens and it's the character um <laughs> sorry no it's the it's the like uh prospective stepmom from the parent trap yes oh my god there's so many memes about her this movie was like very formative for gen z apparently yes yeah and so she's like talks about her and he's he's like she's a badass business bitch who was maliciously floated into a body body of water by her fiance's (laughs) children all she was trying to do was marry a hot dude with money right There's like, it's been so fascinating to watch a new generation re-examine mm-hmm. the shit we grew up with yes. and like really look at it with new mm-hmm. eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, there's like 
we have so much work to do of like unpacking right. our childhood. Yeah. But that's so true. The ice queen was like a big time trope when we were growing up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. That, yeah. And I definitely like, I feel like I remember like watching these things and like just being like overcome with like, oh yeah, like that's not how you want to be. Like, oh no, you'd better be soft and welcoming. Yes. And like, yeah. you know, also like not like other girls and like oh, you my God. get boys. Oh I my mean, God. Yeah. Yes. The, okay. <laughs> the impact of like how kids movies like, portrayed the like tomboy into sports girl yep from our like oh my god there's like a million examples I can think of that like yeah shaped my childhood totally (laughs) yes icebox from little giants yes which by the way I am still mad at the movie for making her play football in a skirt but we'll get back to it seriously we won't but like absolutely (laughs) we will address this in future episodes but like there's just it like impacted how I interacted with boys yes and other girls all the way through oh like, 100%. oh I other girls are other girls and you're the special girl yes. if you want to be the special girl yes. you can't be like the other girls right? oh my god yeah no you have to be like <sighs> cute and amenable and like what they like and, and good know, at sports yes like it's just I mean it, and pretty but not into makeup right or wearing dresses right god oh my god um, <gasps> anyway, so like all hail ice queens for yes. stepping outside of that narrative. Amazing. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of characters we could go back and re-examine with new eyes, especially yes. in that trope. Um, so, ooh, that was fun. That was a fun unpacking. A yeah. light, a light unpacking. Yeah, of some of the yeah light unpacking problematic. There's yeah. so fucking much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <sighs> um. Great job. That was awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. All right, next week. Yes. What are you reading next week? Next week, I am reading How to Catch a Queen by Alyssa Cole. Okay. Another queen book. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Um, So in like, (laughs) I had so much fun with my Regency deep dive. So I am, I'm going back to the kind of the classic bodice ripper uh, trope for next week. And I am reading Devil in Winter, which is a Regency (gasps) romance. Oh, I wanted to do a historical. That might be next. For the next next. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They're super fun. So we're going old school. All right. I'm excited. Well, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.